Hi, this is Gavin from FE News. I'm at the Society for Education and Training Annual Conference. Um, the 2019 SET Conference is focusing around promoting professionalism in the sector, particularly for practitioners. I'm going to be chatting to some of the main speakers from the main stage, some of the people in the breakout sessions, and some interesting people in the audience. So join me as we explore promoting professionalism in the sector. Hi, I'm David Russell. I'm the Chief Executive of the ETF. So David, can we talk about the election and what that could mean for practitioners and ways forward that they should be thinking for 2020 and how to deliver excellence? Yeah, it's a, a tricky question, isn't it? Um, looks like one of the most unpredictable elections we've ever had. So um, it's quite speculative, thinking what it might mean for FE policy. But let's have a go, because it's always fun. Um, so some things won't change. Uh, I think one of the big things that the ETF is focused on is T-levels and preparing the FE workforce to teach T-levels successfully. Now, you can never be sure, but my money would be on T-levels continuing very strongly post-election, whatever happens. And the reason I say that is I think they have cross-party support. Um, there will always be critiques and criticism about details of design or details of implementation. But broadly, I think everyone's bought into the idea that um, a new high-status technical qualification is a good thing, as long as it's implemented uh, sensitively and carefully and doesn't do any collateral damage along the way. So I think T-levels will probably stay, whatever happens, um, and I think that momentum will continue. Uh, another thing I think will stay the same is there's a lot of focus just now on senior leadership and the quality of senior leadership in the sector being sustained. So there's anxiety about the um, succession planning. Are, is there enough talent coming through to replace um, the leaders we have at the moment? Uh, because the job of running an institution in FE is just getting tougher and tougher. Uh, so I think that will remain a theme and the ETF will continue to do um, hopefully more and more work on leadership development. Other things more up for grabs, so English and maths, uh, you know the English and maths reset policy, uh, very contested, quite controversial, some people strongly support it, some people really don't like it at all, don't think it's the right policy. Um, I think that could change, I think if there were to be a change of government it probably would change, but even if there isn't a change of government it's possible that a new um, set of ministers might take a different view on it. So that's. Um, one to watch. My own view on that is that um, one of the most damaging things that politicians can do is keep moving the goalposts, keep changing things. Um, and quite often I would say um, you have to have quite a high bar to, to reach before you want to change something. So if you've put a lot of time and effort into changing something on the ground that affects tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of learners, um, you've got to be really sure that you have not just um, a reason to change it, but that you have something better to change it to. This is the big thing. Um, it's easy to criticise a policy, um, but you have to be clear that you have something better that you can move to without causing too much cost and dismay along the way. So um, a bit less 
policy change would be a good thing from my perspective. Um, apart from that, there's lots of thinking about lifelong learning now coming uh, out of the Labour Party, which is quite exciting. I think lifelong learning is um, such a powerful concept. It ebbs and flows in terms of its political um, popularity. But I hope that it will come back very strongly, whatever happens in the election, because often that's the way. One party might take up an idea, but then it becomes more mainstream again, and everybody talks about it. Um, so I'm quite excited about the idea that lifelong learning might become more of a priority. And li lifelong learning not just about retraining, uh, you know, um, with when the economy changes, you know, if we don't have the same supply of skilled and semi-skilled labour um, post-Brexit, but also lifelong learning in the sense of education as well as retraining. Uh, I'm quite excited about that as well. So I think more continuity than change but also lots of um, possibility for positive change. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Why not click subscribe so you can be informed when the latest next individual podcast or podcast mini-series from FE News are going to be released. Hi, this is Gavin from FE News. I'm here at the AOC 2019 Annual Conference. I think this must be my 15th Association of Ecologies Annual Conference. So join me as I chat with the main speakers from the stage, some interesting people from the breakouts, and some interesting people in the audience around the latest news and views from AOC 2019. So this is Gavin from FE News. I'm here with Steve Maridus from the Southwest Institute of Technology. Good morning. So Steve, can we talk about the future of um, the Institute of Technology in the Southwest region, where we're at at the moment and where it's going to? Of course. Um, if we could start with um, where we've come from, uh, the Southwest Institute of Technology, one of the first signed off in the country, so we're really proud of that. Uh, a collaboration of the, the best colleges and universities of the Southwest has to promote higher technical education. So where we're at today is we, we exist, um, we're off and running. We, we need to find our feet very, very quickly in the next six to nine months and get our message out there. But we already have uh, a clear focus on employers' needs within the region, what they need from skills, from people, whether that's new employees or current employees, particularly within the digital and engineering focus. So over the next two or three years, we're going to be going from more than a collaboration of the colleges and universities we're going to be turning into the leading drive for new qualifications that will deliver not just what the southwest needs but what the uk needs in its higher technical uh, education and at the moment how many um, partners are you working with so we have five uh, fe colleges that are part of the, the collaboration uh, that's exeter college petrock bridgewater and taunton college City College Plymouth and Chorham Penwith College. We partner also with the two universities, the University of Exeter and the University of Plymouth. But for me, the key bit and the key differential for us is we also have four core employer partners. So through Babcock in Plymouth, through uh, the Met Office in Exeter, through uh, Oxygen House in Exeter and TDK Lambda in Ilfracombe, we have four organisations there that are an integral part of the Institute. 
they sit on our board, they drive our direction, uh, and they lead us um, as providers in what we need to deliver for employers and jobs and skills in the region. That sort of leads to my next question, really. It's so important to be you know, delivering qualifications that employers are seeking, particularly in higher level technical and, and digital skills. So what sort of focus are you having around that? What sort of level are we talking and what sort of outcomes are we getting from, from learners and employers at the moment? So the, the real positive for where we're aiming at, um, it's been t- tagged as the, the missing middle. So our key aim is higher level. Now what that means, it's the level beyond uh, college A-levels, college B-techs, it's the step after that. And what it's been realised in the UK is that step after that doesn't necessarily mean degree or work. It can mean we need more technical skills to, to promote the, the digital uh, environment, the engineering environment. And it's those skills that are at level four and level five that we need to address. It's something the UK has been missing for quite some time. And institutes of technology have been set up primarily to address that missing middle. So that sounds really interesting. What, what would you say are the main USPs for the Southwest IoT around like the employers' needs, but also the learners' needs? It's a very diverse region, is the Southwest. So you know we've got you know, city, we've got rural, and we've got coast. So how do um, the Southwest IoT see the future of delivering the needs of employers and also for learners? Okay, we have uh, an incredible region in the Southwest. Uh, yes, we know we have some geography to cover. Um, the landmass, um, we have to quite often go back to London and say this is quite a significant area to worry about here. Travel to learn times and travel to work times are huge uh, in the Southwest. But we have some really exciting opportunities uh, and we'll boil that down to three areas. Firstly, we have the biggest construction project in Europe, and uh, in Hinckley, uh, and through Bridgewater and Taunton and the National College for Nuclear, we are going to be partnering with that and the skills that they require, uh, the skills they need building are going to be world class. Mm. So for example, one of the projects we're running will be a centre of excellence for welding and that's not just the welding on cars, we're talking about welding nuclear reactors. This is high quality, world-class skills. So looking around the Bridgewater area, we're not gonna have enough people to do that. So we have to go broader. We have to worry about the wider region, how we get skills from those people that live on the coast, that live more rurally, into a place where they can develop and get world-class skills that will then take them beyond Hinkley. So when Hinkley's built, what's the next step and what, what can they use those skills to do. That also counts for the two other unique areas we have. So the second one is marine engineering and automated, automated marine vehicles. So down in Plymouth, working very closely with Babcock on the, on the dockyards, we have a requirement for world-class marine engineering. Uh, we have world-class ministry, uh, world-class defence capabilities. They need world-class upkeep. So we need to build those engineering skills uh, to be able to deal with that. And thirdly, we have a world-class data organisation in our core partner of the Met Office who deliver data skills and ability to manipulate data to the world. And we need the next generation of people that can deal with data, the data scientists, the data technicians, the data analysts, 
What do those skills drive? And in the digital world, we can push those skills out across the region. We can teach them to people at the far ends of Cornwall, uh, right the way through to North Devon, or if you live in Exeter. They're skills that people can take up digitally and, and remotely as well. So we're, we're worried about employers' needs around that. We've got some really strong opportunities. I think our challenge is we have more opportunities than we have skills at the moment, which is a great place to be. So our job is to build those skills to match those opportunities in, the, in those areas. The, the geography uh, and the reason we went into a collaboration between the five colleges, uh, the geography is a challenge to cover, um, but through having Truro and Cornwall, we have Plymouth, we have Exeter, we have Petrock, uh, covering North Devon, we have Bridgewater to the north of the southwest. Uh, through that coverage, we know how to deal with getting people from where they are into a place that they can access for learning and they can get the skills that they require through that. So this is Gavin from FE News. I'm here at Exeter College with Rob Bosworth, who's the Vice Principal. And we're going to be talking today about technical and academic. But Rob, maybe if you can give us a little bit of uh, background about your role at Exeter College and, and, and where you're at at the moment. Yeah, so I'm uh, the Vice Principal and I look after um, all of the curriculum really for the college. Um, and it's my job to make sure that the curriculum provision has a real line of sight to industry and progression, uh, meets the community needs. And a big aspect of that is obviously working in partnership with the schools, which I also lead on, um, but also industry, and I lead on a lot of the significant strategic partnerships. Um, and those partnerships are absolutely critical to adding value to the curriculum, really. So it all goes kind of hand in hand, but that's my overarching job, yeah. So can we talk about technical and academic? Yeah, so um, I think we're at a really exciting time. Um, I think the government are kind of really pushing technical um, for a number of reasons in terms of the OECD sort of stats, but... From my perspective, I've really worked hard over the last sort of 15 to 20 years trying to get parity between the academic and the technical offer. Um, and I think we've got some great opportunities at the minute. So obviously, um, we're leading on all three pathways in September um, on, on T-levels. Um, and um, whether T-levels succeed or not, and we think we, they will and we want to back them, um, it, it's really given us an opportunity to start talking about an academic equivalent um, and I think vocational kind of education tried to do that, but actually there's a lot of um, misconceptions about vocational education. So the new kind of world of technical gives us a great opportunity through T-levels. In addition to that, we've got some really kind of um, fantastic opportunities to collaborate in technical and obviously the Institute of Technology. We're delighted um, to be a partner in the Southwest Institute of Technology working right across the peninsula. Um, and, and that's a second opportunity. But... The most important thing for me is um, is about breaking down barriers and changing conceptions of what vocational is. Um, the absolute game changer for me, if you don't mind me saying, is um, is the uh, higher level apprenticeships and the degree apprenticeships. We're really lucky in Exeter that we work in partnership with the University of Exeter, which is a Russell Group University, which has very much embraced the uh, the new technical reforms and obviously delivering degree apprenticeships. And again, really lucky in Exeter that the college and the university work closely with the schools and we've created this real kind of ecosystem and this skills escalator where you can go from the schools into the college into the university and get a real line of sight into industry. So I think for me, the, the, the time of um, further education is now. and I think we can make a real bold statement in terms of embracing this technical agenda and it's certainly what we're trying to do at the college. So Rob, can we talk about apprenticeships and particularly entry level through to high level skills? 
Yeah, I think um, we talked. Uh, you know, you talk about parity between technical and academic. I think the absolute game changer has been the high level apprenticeships, um, and to some extent the de- degree apprenticeships. Um, but from our perspective, um, we're really excited about the high level apprenticeship. Um, it's given us a great um, new uh, narrative to go out to employers and talk to employers about a different type of apprentice. I think one of the um, greatest misconceptions at the minute is when you talk to employers or even adults about apprenticeships, they think of um, uh, a male um, standing on a building site at the age of 16 with a high-vis jacket and a hard hat. Now, I'm not saying we don't need that because obviously we've got shortage there as well and obviously that area is kind of really doing well in terms of the construction industry, but we've got some really fantastic opportunities working in partnership and collaboration through the IOT on things like um, uh, data analytics at Exeter College, the fastest growing apprenticeship is data analytics. We're launching new software development um, uh, apprentices, but we've got everything from dental nurses to legal kind of apprenticeships. And we really need to work on as a sector to make sure employers um, understand that. Um, now, obviously, progression routes in terms of line of sight, um, the T levels, obviously, will progress into apprenticeships. Uh, we've got the Institute of Technology, which obviously we can forget, progress into along with other universities like the University of Exeter that are doing the degree apprenticeships. So from my perspective, I think this is a fantastic opportunity for the further education sector to really grab hold of apprenticeships and kind of and, and drive it into the new world. So I think I think the College of the Future will look very much um, more technical um, uh, and hopefully in ideology the employers will understand kind of the offer and work closer with us to make sure we can co-design these things. So this is Gavin from FE News. I'm here with Rob Bosworth at Exeter College. Hi, uh, yeah, I'm Rob Bosworth, Vice Principal at Exeter College. Um, I lead on um, uh, all of the curriculum aspect of the college and uh, work with the external partners. Rob, can we talk about your dream? What would be College of the Future? I think the most important thing for me is, um, and it is going to sound a bit cliche, but learning is just happening everywhere at the minute. Um, now, um, a controversial aspect would be, do you need to come to a college to learn? And I think the answer is yes, <laughs> um, I would say that. But um, I do think um, in terms of the social aspect of kind of mixing with uh, people, it's absolutely critical. But what I see of the College of the Future is very much a blend, um, uh, a blended learning kind of model where uh, learners are and train and people training and working sort of at any, any time, any place, anywhere um, with your phone and your mobile devices, but then having a central point where you can come to and get together and kind of you know, pedagogically really thrash some ideas out and debate, which I don't think you can get kind of from um, from distance learning or, or IT. But I think going forward, digital is absolutely critical. Um, at Exeter College, we're um, embarking on a new digital transformation um, strategy. I think every organisation is, so we're not alone, I'm sure. But um, what we're trying to do is um, uh, create um, a values-based uh, digital strategy where people are actually practising what they preach. So um, we've got three big ticket items uh, um, from capital aspects such as um, the T-level investment we're getting in uh, the Institute of Technology um, and then from a learner perspective we're doing uh, the Duke of York idea badges and then we're also upskilling the staff through the Microsoft uh, education badges so um, we're taking a really roots and branches of approach to it um, what we're not doing is kind of saying everyone needs to be digital because I think the wicked problem is everyone needs to be digital and the clumsy solution is to kind of force people into this the reality is certainly the younger generation coming through this is just how they live so um, when we, we're just re- rewriting the strategic plan and rather than having digital as a separate strand it's going to be the golden thread that goes right through the organization so whether it be um, using apps in counseling or whether it be kind of designing um, buildings using minecraft whatever it might be and um, this is applied to everything through the organization 
and also you know we're doing it from the board all the way through the organization so um, we've got um, board champions we've got community champions um, and we want to take every opportunity to celebrate um, every time people engage in this so just yesterday we had microsoft in giving out um, the staff award badges um, and in the future we'll celebrate more things our, our bold ambition um, is that um, by 2025 we want every aspect of extra college to be digital and we want digital citizens so that's the goal that we're aiming for what do you see as a vision for um, colleges of the future around community? Um, I think community is everything. Um, I think how you define community is interesting because of technology and the world's a smaller place now. Um, it's really interesting. Um, Exeter colleges is now probably regarded as to the larger side of a larger size of a, a medium college, but actually at heart, and we offer everything from apprenticeships, higher education, higher level apprenticeships to A levels and, and level two, level one courses, foundation studies courses. But actually, at the heart of it, we're still a community college, um, and we, we're here to serve the community, and our purpose is very much meeting the demands of the local community. What's brilliant for us and really exciting is our community base is changing. So um, the, the days of now kind of going to a school and then doing your GCSEs and then an A-level and then going to a degree has gone, um, and we're already seeing, again, it sounds a little bit cliche, but we're already seeing people changing sectors all the time and moving from one sector to another. So yesterday I was with an accountant who was, was taking up data analytics. Um, we had a plumber that left plumbing um, to come and be our data analytics apprentice at Exeter College. So I think um, the days of, <coughs> sorry, the days of, um, of kind of really clear progression routes and being very narrow have gone. And I think um, even now kind of the older generation, not necessarily the younger generation, which we know are gonna have um, five to six kind of different careers in different sectors, the older generation are looking at this as an opportunity. Um, the fastest growing apprenticeship at Exeter College is data analytics. Um, it's all post 18 year olds and, and we've got everything from 35 year olds up to 45 year olds. So um, so I think the world's changing. I think the role of the college will have to change to meet that um, and embrace the digital uh, opportunities. Um, and I think the sector again has to kind of um, work hard to make a statement to make sure people are comfortable with the fact that they can change careers at a later date. Hi, this is Gavin from FE News. Join me as I explore the now and the future of the Institute of Technologies.